Hi, I'm Sean Hanif, and you're listening to Life of an Entrepreneur. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Life of an Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Sean Hanif. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Genflow. And in this podcast, I take you behind the scenes and give you the real, raw truth of what it's like being an entrepreneur. And I take you through some of the struggles I'm currently going through, my plans, and everything else that kind of goes through my head. So, with that being said, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the lessons I have learned as I grew the business to 100 plus team. And one of the reasons I'm doing this episode now is because the truth is, I have not been doing this podcast for the past few months. And the reason is that I am working on our next fundraise. And when you want to fundraise for your business, it is a very hard thing to do because you have to basically start from scratch and rebuild a whole business plan about how you're going to build your business to that next stage. And during that process, I actually started to realize what mistakes I have made and what I need to do moving forwards. So in this episode, I'm actually going to be taking you through that. So if you are a business owner, if you are a founder, if you're a senior person in any business or you're looking to start your own business, I think you're going to get some valuable insight here today. I'm going to be talking about people, hiring, spending money, operations and a bunch of other stuff. And look, before I go any further, just a quick recap. So essentially my business helps creators, people that you follow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, etc. I help those people monetize their audiences. Started the business about six years ago and in that time have managed to do quite a few things. And very recently, if anyone that does follow me, we started working with KSI, which is very exciting. And um, yeah, business is in a very good place, but I think let's get into it. So the first lesson that I have learned is I always had this thing and you know, you hear it as well, right? So I guess um, that it's all about your team. It's all about people that you hire. Hire someone better than you at doing something. And that's the advice that, you know, I've always kind of got from other people. You've always read online, in books, etc. But the truth is that essentially led me astray. So when I received the last funding and I started to grow the business and I had a massive plan, I had to go hire like 60 odd people. You know, that was the idea. The idea was I'm going to go hire experts and they're going to help me build a better business. Um, because, you know, if I'm if I knew X, if I had sold like 30 million at that point um, in e-commerce, that obviously someone there's going to be Peter better than me and I should bring those in and they should be able to help us. And I think in hindsight, one of the main things I learned is that you know your business and the people that are around you know your business as well. So at that time, you know, I had a team around me already. We've already done quite a few things. So the idea of that someone can walk in and tell us what to do and how to do essentially was the mistake and was the lesson. So if, if you're a business owner and you're thinking the same thing that, man, if I could just get so-and-so people in and X, Y, Z is going to happen, it really does depend on what that role is going to be and how they're going to be different, you know, from what you're doing now. I think for us, that was the number one thing. I think, you know, that we had gotten so good at like working with the creator, figuring out what the audience needs, building a brand, making products, filming content, selling it to their audience and making that a success. And it was so unique. I think my first thing, I, I just thought someone's going to come in and they're going to help us do this that much better. In actual fact, what happened was I hired a bunch of really expensive people, really experienced, and they just didn't understand our industry, our world, our way of working. And that's probably my number one thing that I think in hindsight that I've learned is that you should grow from within and don't try to hire expertise from outside. You need to know that early, early on. There is no magic someone's gonna come in and make your business go bang. 
And I think that was in my, I guess I'm just saying out loud what I always thought. I always thought, look, I only know so much. I can only take the business so far. Surely at some point I'll end up hiring experts that I'll be able to take it further. Going back to the same saying, right, that, you know, um, hire someone who could do something better than you. And um, I, I actually do not believe that anymore. I 100% believe that you know your business and the main people in your business, if you, if you have staff right now that are taking you from this level to this level, those are the same people that will take you further. You may need to change a few, but I'm talking about the people that are around you. You need to go deeper with those guys and they will help you get to the next level. You have to get to the next level together. You may, you know, it's like a football team. You may be able to like transfer one or two players in maybe, but no like one person is really going to make you go to that next level. It's going to have to be you as a team and the current team. So yeah, hopefully that gives you some context. But essentially that was my biggest lesson that I've thought about. So now when I'm planning the next stage of the business, it's about how do I empower and where are the holes in the business in my current teams and don't think someone can come in and really take you next to the next level because it, it doesn't happen in that way. I think the second lesson is very related, which is that I made a mistake. I, again, kind of always thought that, look, once the team grows, I'm going to remove myself from the things I do today. I want to delegate those and I'm going to have other people do them. You know, it's the classic thing. Obviously, I'm very operational, create a process, teach people, show us how it's done, and then onboard somebody else and move away from the thing. And I think that works in, in quite a few things, but it doesn't work in the main things of your business. So one of the mistakes that I made was I moved away from signing new creators myself. And that was a mistake. Now that I've been doing that again, it, there is nobody better that can sell your business than yourself. And I think... It's crazy saying it out loud now because it seems like such common sense, but you can imagine if you have a business and it's growing and growing and growing, you know, you're going to hire a sales team, you're going to hire people that can do the full thing, but there's in certain things like don't remove yourself and other key members of your staff from the front line. You have to be on the front line of the business yourself. So you're touching and feeling everything that's happening out there in the market. The more you kind of become CEO and start moving up and up and up, I personally have done that to know that that does not work when you try to scale your business. It works at 20 people, it works at 40 people, it works at 60 people, but it doesn't work at 100 plus people. So I would be ready for that. Don't think the day is going to come and you're gonna be chilling on a beach and things are just gonna get done for you. You have to be on the front lines leading. Why? You know, the initial people that were started with me and worked with me, they've seen me pitch, they've seen how good I am, they've seen me sign next creator, they've seen me on the spot come up with the ideas and to smash something or to know how to solve problems. But as the business scales, complacency kicks in because the new people haven't seen you work. They haven't seen how good you are. So if you give work to somebody new, they don't know the standard. You can try that through process and everything else. I, you know, and trust me, I'm like the most intricate person when it comes to we should have a way, we should have a playbook. You know, we create DNA, what's our DNA? How do we ensure this is gen flow quality? But even at that point, you have to lead by example. I think that's the number one thing. So the mistake I made was firstly, you know, moving away from the front line. Number two, telling someone to do something without showing them how to do it, irrespective of experience. Again, it came down to similar to the first point. I'm thinking, you're so experienced. Surely you don't need me to tell you how to put something together. But the mistake was, in my business, I do need to tell you because I have the context. I have the understanding. I have the know-how of how it needs to be to give them the head start. So then they can go ahead and complete it and use the knowledge and experience to make it amazing. But don't think they can do that without you fundamentally leading. So essentially it's about 
Yeah, biggest lesson, lead from the front line, be involved in every little detail as possible. And what I've done instead is, and I think I realized this mistake a few months ago, is essentially I've built more team around me that can allow me to be across more things at once. So, you know, I have a, you know, I don't have a personal assistant, I more have a personal like operations manager. And her job essentially is to make sure everything that needs to be across in a day I am across. And if that's like 27 things, that's okay, I can handle it. And I think it's just that learning of embracing that instead of thinking, why am I doing everything? I'm the CEO, like, you know, things should just be done now because the business is amazing and I'm so amazing. It's like, so if you're not at that stage where I am today, get into the details and stay in the details. Never leave the front line, be at the front, lead from the front, show people how it's done, till the point that you're trying to get to in your business. That's what I would say. Third lesson that I learned as I scale the business is, and I guess this is something that, you know, speaking out loud, when I first started, you know, you look at every single transaction that comes in, you know, if you're selling something, if someone's subscribing something, you're checking every single sale, like, ooh, one more, yes, one more, I have every single notification on. You know, I was there. But when it gets to millions, you naturally take your eye off, essentially the money. And so, you know, as a business now, we have millions essentially going in and out of the bank. And I guess one of the lessons I've learned is that you should never take your eye off essentially spend and how much your business is spending and how you treat spend and money and cash in general. And I think what happens is you will get something from all your team members and everyone in the business, you'll start to have this thing of that you got money. And I'm sure anyone that can relate here that you have family members, someone that if someone has money, everyone around you all of a sudden feels like that they have the they have the luxury of spending that money. So what my advice would be and the lesson that I've learned is that treat the business money just like it's your own money in your own pocket. And I always say to my team members now, imagine if someone was going to paint your house and you pay them 200 pounds, dollars, whatever to do that and you came home and they've only painted one wall, would you pay them? Would you be like, oh, hang on, I asked you to do something, like, where is it? And I think that's the biggest lesson for me because when it comes to a business and paying people in salaries, people just assume the money's free. That, you know, I, if, if I'm paying you to do a certain thing, but the work is not getting done continuously, and apparently that's okay, because there's, there's no context that the money that a business has is real money, just like your money in your bank account. But because a business has it, surely it's readily available and everyone can use it. And maybe this is completely my mistake, but that is a lesson that I've learned. And from this moment onwards, like now, I treat money very seriously, more seriously than I ever did before, because I've realized that that was a mistake, essentially. And uh, it's not about trying to make more money or anything. I think it's just about respecting money and respecting how hard it is to earn money than, and you've got to think the way you spend it in business terms. Everyone does that financially, personally. I do that personally, you know? If I'm gonna personally go and do X, Y, Z, I'm always conscious about it. You think about it, like, is that too much? Is that too less? Regardless of how much money you earn, that is just how I'm built. But for some reason, when it came to the business, it felt like the rules don't matter. It's the most silliest thing. Like if you're buying a new laptop, let's buy the best one. Or we're buying a new equipment, yeah, let's just do it. Like everything was like that. Because I guess when you not come from much money, when I remember the days in the business when we didn't have the money. So when you have it, it did feel like luxury. So yeah, I think that's probably the my third main lesson is that treat cash like it's your own personal cash. Because then you would naturally think of it different. And I say that to all my team members now. That would you spend that if it was your own money? Or would you hire that person if it was your own money? No, no, think about it, if it was your personal cash, would you do it? And you'll be surprised at what the response comes from people. If you want to put an event on and it's $40,000, would you pay for that event yourself with your own money? You'll see how the face changes. You'll see how the response comes like, no, I wouldn't. Then why are you, you going to spend my money?
So that, that's probably been quite interesting for me. I think fourth lesson is all about culture. You know, when you're building a business, a fast growth business, obviously, you know, your people around you and everything is like your thing. And I guess the lesson there for me was, I already had a culture, but we never defined it. We were living and breathing it. But once I got the last funding, which was two years ago, and as I scaled the team to 100 plus from 30, 30 to 100 in two years, you know, this thing came of, um, I need to build a culture. Which meant, you know, I've, I've basically gone and invested and thought about, okay, how do I lead people? How do I motivate them? How do I help them grow? What are their careers going to look like? How is their time going to be spent at my business, Genflow? How am I going to look after them? And whilst I've been doing that, essentially got lost in the real purpose of your culture, which is to create something that makes you win. And we had initially been winning very well as a business. But then I started building, you know, we were winning really well. I started to build culture and it kind of started to go a bit sideways because I put so much effort on looking after people that I forgot about the number one thing, which is performance and performance driven thinking and mindset and, and drive. Because the, it's, I can't explain this, it. like the more you try to be nice, you will lose your cutting edge. That's what I have experienced. Like I have experienced that firsthand. Like I pay for mental health coaches, private health insurance, like, Whatever it was, always said yes to it. And that's what I've realized. Now, what I would say there is, harness what made you good. You know, I, I, I remember in 2019, we did um, 12 million. In 2018, we did 4 million. And, you know, what we did that year, 300, like 3x growth, that was our culture. And the culture was this. We worked together. We worked as a team. We attacked as a team. We decided things as a team. You know, not, no one was... No one cared about this and that and all the politics. We just wanted to win and do shit that's going to be life-changing. You know, we made mobile apps that hit number one on the app store. We, we were attacking everything like it, it had to be done. And that was our culture. It was a winning culture. You know, it was like being in the World Cup and there is no option. You have to win every single match. But because I started to really work on like, okay, we don't have one and we need to define one. We slowly, slowly started to become a second division team that's just okay in taking part. And the truth is most people that you'll hire do have that way of thinking. But it's, you know, your job to be able to harness that. It was my job to harness what we had and to keep that. So I think that's my biggest lesson that now I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna to continue to scale the business from here, we need to go back to basics. We need to understand what makes, what made us great, what makes us great today, and how do we harness that instead of some textbook culture. Instead of Google this and Netflix this and whatever, because that's what happens. Like the moment you, Look into culture, You'll everyone references Netflix is, you know, they are very upfront with their culture and all that stuff, or Google's way of working, or X, Y, Z. One thing there is there though, I'm, we are, I'm very upfront with that now, how we are. So if someone's joining my business, I'll tell them openly, if you think, if you're looking for work-life balance, don't work here. Because it, that means you already think of your life as work and balance. That you have to balance, you only balance something you don't like. And um, focus, you know, on what's your passion? What do you want to do? And if you're gonna join us, you don't need to balance nothing because you've already made that decision before you start working or following a certain journey in your life because you're like, okay, this is what I wanna do. I'm gonna give you my effort to do that. Of course, you wanna make sure your family's happy and all the other stuff, but I'm actually gonna dedicate myself to this because this is something I wanna get amazing at in my life. Um, so I think, yeah, being more upfront with people, you know, Gemfla is not a business that's going to be here for 20 years. The idea is to grow this business and sell it one day. So we're coming with that mindset, which is a winning mindset. That's really my fourth lesson. I think the last lesson is, 
Nibashkarasu learn how to say no. And what I mean by that is to actual founders listening, entrepreneurs, you know, and I, and I mean that from a real deep sense. It has taken me a lot. I've hired hundreds of people, scaled the business to 100 plus, raised money from venture capital firms. It takes real strength to say no. Because when people want raises, when people want XYZ, when people have full plans and you have to say to them no, it's very tough to do that. And I wish I started doing that sooner because before I felt guilty and you will feel guilty when you're paying people salaries and that pays their rent and everything else and you're looking after so many different people and all that pressure, you will naturally want to say yes because obviously being a nice person and saying yes to people and making other people happy is one of the best feelings in the world. But you do have to think, someone asked me this question the other day, like have you gone used to it now when like, you know, when you have to like sack somebody? And my answer was 100% now. Now it doesn't bother me because I'm now thinking about myself. And I'm like, I'm paying you my money that I have worked hard to earn. Why would I just give it to you if I were not getting the value that we need? I don't feel bad there. Also, they should have realized sooner because there's enough reviews and everything else that they are not performing that good. If someone is performing not that well, that's down to them. I don't feel the responsibility anymore. And that's the whole idea of like being able to say, no, like, no, I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to accept this level of work. Or I'm not going to accept the way someone speaks or the way a client is treating a team and that client needs to go. The amount of creators I've said no to now because they were just disrespectful. Doesn't matter if you have 400,000 followers, can't scream and shout at my team members. So that's what I would say, like just the real deep meaning of no and saying no is okay. And saying no actually is a very positive thing to do in certain situations and you gotta like have the strength for that because it's hard you know and if you're looking to scale your business you need, you need to really understand your own personal skills and and be able to do that so yeah you know overall it's been a crazy journey um and right now as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast i am working on our next fundraise and we are full steam ahead so you know on this podcast, I'm going to be now from this moment onwards, every single week, giving you an update on the fundraise and we're getting into a lot of details as it begins. But approximately a few weeks from now, we'll be live in the market. And over the next few months, I'm working on completing this deal by the end of this year. So, you know, hopefully everything goes well and I can get this done, but I'll bring you along the journey. If you are interested in knowing more, check out the very first episode of this podcast where I detailed, um, which was two years ago, and I detailed how I raised um, $11 million. This time you're going for a much bigger amount and you will learn a lot. Obviously not many people have had the you know luxury of raising money or want to understand how that works and I go through it all in detail. But right now, super top line, you have to build a five-year plan. So I've been working on that. We've got a full financial model. You have to make a full business plan and so many other different things. And so yeah, I've been working on that and whilst trying to manage everything day to day. So, you know, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And as always, it'll be new episodes every single Monday. And now I've got the full setup and I'm in a very good space. And I've got nothing to do the next few months besides just work. And I'm fully focused. They're gonna be coming soon. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe and uh, let me know what you think. Thanks for listening.